This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Hey, guys, what's going on? Before we jump in this week's episode of the CEA podcast, I just wanted to give you a little warning that our internet was struggling when I recorded this. So audio is not perfect. Audio is not uh, not not the greatest, but we do get through it and it does sound pretty good uh, if you can uh, deal with a crappy internet connection. But we made it through. I just want to give that warning before we get started. All right, let's get rolling. What's going on, everybody? Isaac here with Civil Engineering Academy. Excited to be with you today. We have a fun episode today on this podcast episode. I interview Tate Ketchum, who's the president of Dunn Associates. They are a structural engineering firm, and they've worked on some awesome projects. But Tate himself has worked on awesome projects, too, including NBA stadiums like the Memphis Grizzlies, but it's probably back in the day, but he's worked on that all the way up to some newer buildings here in Utah. He's worked on the Health Center Theater building, which is a a new building built for the uh, theater, which is really awesome. In the past, he's been the president of the Structural Engineering Association of Utah. So he has had an opportunity to work on many unique and fun projects. But he is the president now of Dunn Associates. So he brings a perspective of going from engineering all the way to president as well and details some of those things in this interview. So it's a really great interview. He drops all kinds of fun nuggets of wisdom with us as well. And I think you're really going to enjoy this interview with Tate Ketchum coming right up. Hey guys, before we keep going, I want to let you know about a fun resource that we have. We've uh, got our partner PPI actually, and they've got an early bird sale going on for the FEPE or SE courses. This is going on till December 10th. So if you want a $500 discount on any of those courses, you can go check those out. You also uh, can get any book or resource that we have by using our link, civilengineeringacademy.com slash PPI. Go check out courses or their material. Definitely go get the material because the Civil Engineering Reference Manual, if you're studying for the PE, is the go-to resource, but they also have some great books. So if you are in the hunt or PPI has interested you in a course, maybe you want to check them out. It's December 10th is the deal that ends and you can get $500 off for all purchases of the live online prep course that they have there. So go check them out. Hey guys, if you haven't already, I want to let you know about our awesome newsletter. If you haven't signed up for the Civil Engineering Academy newsletter, seriously, what's wrong with you? I'm just kidding. Go check it out though. You'll get all the latest episodes that we produce, blog articles, exams, discounts, course material. All this fun stuff is through our newsletter. So if you haven't signed up, go check it out. That's civilengineeringacademy.com slash newsletter. You'll be taken. Go sign up. And uh, you'll start getting our fun newsletters that we send out usually once a week. So go check it out, civilengineeringacademy.com slash newsletter and go sign up. All right. What's going on, everybody? I have Tate with me. Tate Ketchum, how's it going? I'm good. Great. Thank you for joining me. I will be reading in a little bit of your bio before this episode, but it's always fun to get your own bio from you. So why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself? how you got into engineering, what do you do? 
Currently, I'm the president of Dunn Associates, which is a structural engineering firm in Salt Lake City and been working for them for a little over 17 years now. And basically, I've always, even as a kid, I always liked to build something. I had a piece of wood and a hammer and uh, I was always making something. And so I've always had a, a strong interest in construction and design. And so that's kind of what led me into this field and here we are over 20 years later doing this kind of stuff and having a blast getting to work on some pretty cool projects. You know, we, our company kind of has a little thing right now in our website and such that, you know, we're, we build cities and it's kind of fun to see that wow. I've been part of that over the past 20 years or so. That is awesome. So I guess as a president, what's a typical day for you right now versus what it was as an engineer? I think it's a lot more of the personal on one with the younger engineers. Mentoring is a huge part of what I try to do now. But there's also a lot of client relationship type of stuff. I don't quite get as involved in the heavy analysis number crunching that I used to. But so there's a lot more people skills. You know, the, the things that they joke about that engineers aren't very good at. That's what I do most of the time now. Yeah, those soft skills. <laughs> exactly. I guess that brings up a good point. Do you have any advice for an engineer that needs to learn those kind of skills or what do you think? You know, that's a kind of a challenging question because I hate to put labels on people, right? I mean, sure. as a group, engineers are somewhat identified as an introvert and that has kind of a bad connotation. But in my opinion, introvert means how do you get recharged? Some people get recharged by being around people. I use that definition of an extrovert and an introvert as somebody that needs time alone to recharge. And I'm definitely the time alone, but I feel very comfortable in large group settings and talking with people. And I think the, the biggest thing is just have the confidence to go out there and talk with people, ask a lot of questions and listen to what people have to say. Most of the time you ask a good question, you won't have to do a whole lot of talking. <laughs> That's good advice. And I think everybody's learning at some stage, right? Absolutely. Even though if you move up in the company, you started as an engineer. And I don't think those skills just naturally flip the switch. So no, no, you get put in scenarios and everybody's always learning how to be a better person and hone the craft that they're trying to, to learn. So if that's speaking better or writing better, those are things you can pick up, you know, learn probably harder to learn engineering than those skills. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I mean, as an engineer, you feel really comfortable with numbers generally, right? Math is generally the thing you felt very confident with in school. And, and when you jump out into the real world, I call it, uh, you realize that's just a small part of what you do. There's not, at least from my perspective, most of the design work you do is working through challenges or conflicts with your client. And not that they're always negative. It's, hey, we've got this thing we're trying to address. We need this building for this purpose or what have you. And working through and trying to find the best solution for those is what we do. This kind of popped in my head, but everybody's dealing with COVID. Have you guys had to deal with that much? Are people, I guess, in isolation more? Or are you still able to get together? So how's the company navigated that? Yeah, I think as a company, we've been pretty fortunate because the way just the makeup of our office space, Ron Dunn, our, our founder, he purchased an old granary building in kind of the outskirts of downtown. So we have very large offices and can uh, spread out pretty well as far as the social or physical distancing thing. 
you know, in the spring when everything got shut down, most of us were working from home thanks to technology that was found to be fairly successful. I think we were a little surprised how seamless it ended up being, but there's definitely a synergy of being in the same building with people you work with and being to, able to holler over the wall to somebody and ask them a question, you know? Yeah, that's very true. There's definitely a synergy there. And, you know, I, I am a working engineer as well. And the president has been pushing for people to try to get back to work when they can. So right. <laughs> he enjoys that synergy a little more than people working at home. I want to dive into this. Is there a lesson that you've learned through all of your experience of a mistake made or something of that nature that you could share with us? You asked that, sent me a couple of questions. And that was one that I struggled with a little bit in that, uh, you know, I've made plenty of my mistakes over the years. And some of them have said the wrong thing in a meeting. Some of them have been you know, analytical, made a mistake, put the wrong input in the computer program and didn't realize it was a mistake until later. But I think the biggest one that stood out to me was a social interaction with... I was on site at a project and there was an issue that we were trying to deal with. And I wasn't personally able to answer that question. It required somebody with a little more experience to answer it. And the contractor and the owner's representative was unavailable at the time and not unavailable, but they were very anxious. And the person that was needing to answer that question wasn't available. And uh, they were getting really frustrated with me. And I basically said, well, I can't get a hold of him either. So I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that didn't go over well. I got a phone call from my supervisor after that. And so that isn't something we say. Choose your words carefully when you're in those tough situations and is the, the lesson. We'll get back to you. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know that. Actually, that was one of the, you know, the advice that I thought of is, one of my, I would consider mentors early on in my career, he said, never make a decision in the field or on the phone. And uh, at the time, I didn't quite understand why. But now as I've looked back, there's been so many times where you go to a site and something comes up and they want an answer right now because the concrete's in the truck or something, you know. And But I found that as you've thought about it or looked at the issue from a different angle or asked another person their opinion your decision has changed slightly from what you thought when you first had the problem come up. And so that's kind of the main advice I like to give the younger engineers that are coming up is most of the time they're going to push you for an answer right now, but say, well, I think it's okay to say, I think that this is probably what we're going to have to do, but let me check a few things and I'll get back with you and is a better way to handle that situation. I found That's smart. When you're out in the field, there's so much pressure you know, to keep things moving on. It's tough to just throw an answer out without knowing that's, you know, might be a mistake. We need to put some more thought into this when it's not so uh, <laughs> pressured. Yeah, that's good advice. I detailed a, a few of the scopes you or projects you, you've worked on in, in kind of your bio, which is really fascinating to me. So have those you mentioned working on an NBA stadium, as well as the health center theater, have those been some of your funnest projects or have there been others? Those are definitely memorable projects for sure. I think that the thing that I most like about those is that while they were really stressful and difficult at the time, the satisfaction that we that you have after they're complete and the, the celebration, so to speak, of the project after the fact with awards and things really is gratifying um, to see that. 
I consider myself very lucky to be in a, an engineering field where you can drive down the street and say, hey, I worked on that project. I worked on that building. And so that's the thing that I like about structural engineering the most is that I can go to Hale Center Theater and talk to my wife and say, hey, what you don't see above our head is trusses that span 130 feet and port, you know, 100,000 pounds and, you know, those kinds of things that my wife just rolls her eyes and said, okay, whatever. But it's still fun to... Yeah, did her eyes glaze over? Yeah. <laughs> Stop looking up, she says. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, when you said you worked on an NBA stadium, I got excited because I, I am a big basketball fan. So I was curious how, you know, what that was like and uh, the challenges and the celebrations that you had when that was done, because that, that looks like a fun one. Yeah, for sure. So it's been, what, almost 18 years now since I worked on that. So it's been a little while, but <laughs> Whoa. Awesome. So I'm getting old. I had a little more hair back then, but what's been your favorite project? I would probably say that one. A little backstory on that. I was working for a firm called EQE at the time, and and they had offices across the nation. And they had an office in Memphis, Tennessee, and they were lucky enough to be awarded the local engineer for the Memphis Grizzlies stadium. And so they were a, a small office. They only had seven people in their office. And so that was a gigantic project for them. And so they put out a company-wide call saying, hey, we have a need of engineers and drafters to come to Memphis and uh, work on this stadium to help us complete it. And not 100% sure why at the time, but uh, I felt compelled to volunteer to do that. I was a single and that sounds like fun. That opportunity doesn't come up much. And so I volunteered and they accepted me and had that opportunity. And I still remember the very first day I got there, the firm that was over the project as a whole was is called LRB Beckett. And they've designed several stadiums throughout the country. And, and they gave us the drawings for the Indiana Pacers Stadium that had been recently completed at the time and said, here's these drawings, get familiar with them. We'll run in in a, a day or two. And uh, just the enormity of that information, that was the biggest thing I remember is just the sheer size of the project is is enormous. So Wow. Yeah, that was a fun year and a half of my life. Well, that sounds like a fun project. That would be really cool. I want to jump into some kind of quick questions, short answers. You can take as long or as short as you want. But you know, you're the president of a company now, but what are some obstacles you faced when, you know, becoming a civil engineer or even, you know, where you're at now? What's been some of the obstacles you have faced? The biggest one that I could think of is just being able to work on the thing that you're passionate about. And when you're in school, you're exposed. I mean, civil engineering is a pretty odd subject. There's a wide diversity of different focuses that you can look at. And when I went into this field, I pretty much wanted to do buildings. I like building things out of wood, and uh, that's what I wanted to do. And and my first real job was with UDOT, which wasn't that. And while that was interesting for you know a year and a half or so, that wasn't really what I wanted to do. So struggling to get my foot in the door in a structural engineering firm was somewhat of a challenge to find that right company. I had to actually take a pay cut from UDOT to go work for the smaller engineering company that I first started with because you know I wanted really to do structures. I didn't want to do highways. So being able to take that leap of faith that it'll all work out was definitely scary at the time when you're in your early 20s. 
Well, that's great. I mean, you followed the passion. And I think as a younger engineer, a lot of engineers, you don't quite know what you don't know, right? So how do you experience all the different disciplines and make a decision on what you want to go into? And that can be a challenge. So that's great. You knew what you wanted and went for it. That's awesome. So if anyone's listening and going through that, maybe you should follow what you want to do, right? Don't be stuck where you don't want to be. Yeah, the, your career's a long time <laughs> and you better enjoy it. Yeah, that brings up another good question though, is what advice would you give to someone that wanted to pursue a career similar to yours? I think it's similar to those those thoughts is that uh, find out what you're passionate about. And you know, when you're early in school, when you're taking those engineering classes, try them all out, find out what you like, what you enjoy. You know, I, it was interesting that as I did that in college, I was, while structure still became my favorite, you know, some of the others, the water resources classes and things that I took were super interesting. And, and I wouldn't have thought that going into it. So, you know, be open to try different things and, and have an opportunity to do that. I recently came across a person that had basically a bachelor's and master's in in civil engineering, structural engineering, and then went and got his law degree and now practices law defending liability insurance type claims with other architects and engineers. So interesting. That was his passion, but the background that the engineering gave helped him be better at his job as a lawyer. So there's many paths you can take. Great advice. I guess just hitting back on the civil structural stuff, would there be a software or something that if a beginning engineer wanted to learn or give them a leg up in starting, what would you recommend that they play around with or start diving into to to give them a leg up? So for the most part, the our product that we sell, besides our expertise or the drawings that we create for construction and and the vehicle or tool that we use is Revit. And so I would say that learning how to use Revit, you know, there's student licenses of that program and uh, getting to know that program and being an asset in that way would be my biggest suggestion. Um, I know our younger engineers that we hire out of school, we encourage them to do a lot of their own drafting because while running a, a program and getting all the inputs and outputs to be green lights, you know, all these engineering programs, we got red lights and green lights, right? So if everything's green, they think they're done. And unfortunately, that's far from being done. (laughs) Interesting. Being able to translate that to a set of drawings that a contractor can use to build is is key. Yeah, no, that's great advice. Thanks for sharing that. I think that knowing those things as a, a beginning engineer helps them to start entering that world. So that helps. What's a personal habit that maybe you've had that's contributed to your success? I think that the best thing for me is I had a friend of mine, he says, the best thing you can do is take batting practice. And what he meant by that, obviously, was take the time to study, always learn, because, you know, the market's changing all the time. Those code books are pretty big. And usually what happens is you'll come up with a problem during the day that you don't know the answer to, but taking the the steel manual home and trying to find the solution, you know, take that batting practice has helped me so that you can be more efficient at work as well as just fill that library of background knowledge. You know, I had a my uh, mentor 
basically said paper is for remembering and your brain's for solving problems. So I think that's a great thing to think of. But at the same time, you need to be able to recall where to look for that information. You know, all the the tests, the FE, the the SE tests that we take, but for the most part, they're open book. But being able to know where to turn to find the answer quickly is the key. And so being able to, like I said, take that batting practice is been key to helping me get to where I'm at today. That's great advice. I love that. Yeah, I mean, everyone needs to keep in touch, especially those code books. Wow, they always get updated. So yeah, every three years, it's kind of frustrating, actually. But yeah, keep it. I deal with that. So we over here, we run a couple courses to help people with the FE with the PE. And every time things change, you know, specs change and you got to update with them. So that's great. Who's someone that you've looked up to and why? You know, there's a lot of people, but the one that came to mind right off the bat was... Um, so the first company that I worked for after UDOT was Martin & Martin out of... And they had a local office here in Salt Lake City, but they're one of their head offices in Denver. And uh, I had an opportunity to work with a senior person over in the Denver office on a project. And uh, he was actually one of the founders of... The company that later became that was purchased by Martin and Martin out of Los Angeles, and and uh, his name was Mike Barrett. He was in his seventies at the time, getting close to retirement. But just even at being in the industry for forty years plus or minus, he still had a passion for engineering and and working with the clients. We were working on a project for the uh, Southern Indian Tribe down in Southern Colorado near the Four Corners area, and just to listen to him and see how he worked through problems and addressed design challenges was kind of eye-opening to me and just remember thinking, I hope I have this much excitement about the industry when I'm his age. <laughs> That's awesome. What we do is pretty stressful, you know, a lot of times. Oh. You go home exhausted. I can imagine. Well, that's great. I mean, to to find someone like that is very valuable. I remember when I started, I'm in the utility world, but I ended up in transmission, you know, design. So transmission for high voltage power lines. And there was a guy they brought back in that was similar, 70 years old, kind of coming to work for a few years, but he really enjoyed it. And I learned a lot from him. So hang on to those mentors. Those are good. For sure. What's a, a sweet resource you would recommend to our community, the Civil Engineering Academy community, or if there's anything you can think of that you would like to share, whether it's a, your own resource or whether it was a book you read or even the software we mentioned, I guess. But is there anything out there that you'd recommend to our audience? I think getting involved as a student, getting involved with the different associations like ASCE, the for structural side of things, there's the Structural Engineering Association of Utah that uh, I was actually had the opportunity to be the, the president of that association uh, a few years ago. And, and uh, getting involved as a student and learning what people in the industry are doing. As a student, you get a screaming deal on being a member. Mm-hmm. And so being involved with those associations, I know for SEAU, they have a, a great website and there's lots of really good articles on there that you can read about you know, technical things as well as some of the soft skills that we all need to improve on. Look up seau.org and uh, that's one of my recommendations. Perfect. This is kind of a fun question I like to ask, but if you had all the resources and knowledge in the world, what's something you'd like to be part of in engineering? Is there something outside of what you're already doing or something bigger you'd like to be a part of? 
that's interesting because we always want to go bigger and better, I think, in, in what we do. And I think having an impact, you know, civil engineering, it's interesting because it shapes the society around us. You know, if you're doing utilities, if you're doing water resources, if you're doing buildings, doing transportation, highway stuff, all of that relates to how it impacts the world. And so you can have a real impact to the betterment of society. And I think working on projects that help those less fortunate would be great. So too often I get involved with projects where there's owners that are just trying to make a profit, you know, and while that's pays the bills, I, I think it having a higher purpose would be nice. And, and one of these days I'm going to see, I'd love to go to, you know, pick a country and help build a school or do something like that. That would be something that I'd really enjoy doing. That's awesome. I was expecting you to say like build the tallest building in the world or build the the school on Mars or something like that when we get there. That would be cool. I, I, I flying more than three hours. I can't imagine going to Mars. Kind so. <laughs> of the same. Ooh, that's a long flight. <laughs> well, uh, Tate, this has been fun. I appreciate you jumping on and doing this. It's fun to hear from someone that's worked their way from engineering up to being a president. I don't know if there's any last piece of guidance. I mean, if there's other engineers that want to follow in those kind of footsteps, what advice would you have? I mean, if engineers want to work their way into a management role or even have a shot at being a president, is there any advice you'd have for them? I think that the biggest advice I can give is don't give up on your passion. Passion's contagious and find that passion first. But once you find it, just continue to work hard and and be an advocate for your coworkers and just work hard to make a contribution because ultimately that'll be recognized. One of my things that I've said to people is it's always fun to pull weeds with somebody else and not by yourself. And, and so if you can find a team to work with that you really enjoy being around, it makes all the difference. Good pieces of advice. Fun to talk with you and get your experience on everything that you've worked on. I think you've shared a lot with us. So Tate, I appreciate you jumping on with me. It's been really fun. Yeah, thanks, Isaac. All right, we'll talk to you later. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to another fun episode of the Civil Engineering Academy podcast. Hey, if you want to be a guest on the show, or if you just want more resources, shoot me an email, Isaac at civilengineeringacademy.com and go check out our website, civilengineeringacademy.com. We'll be there when you need us to help you with the FEPE and awesome career advice. So thanks again for listening. Leave us a good review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you can leave reviews. And uh, we'll see you in the next one. Bye.